0: Welcome to Games Hub, a crypto talk show with investors, influencers, and remarkable personalities.
1: Perfect. Hello and welcome uh, to Games Hub. Uh, it's a crypto talk show for our investors, partners, and remarkable personalities. I'm Constantine Kogan, co-founder of Gamespad. And in today's episode, we'll discuss Web3 gaming and the state of NFT across the industry. We're very excited to introduce our guest, Griffin Joyce, a member of Coinbase Listing Team. And he's also a data engineer. Like you know, he was in the past data engineer and advanced strategist in Credit Suisse with over 10 years' experience in research, building different projects, integrating blockchain and crypto um and you know just being an enth- enthusiastic <laughs> member of our industry right so hi Griffin hey how's it going active active as I'm sure you know like even the during the bear market, <laughs> yes yeah. we're trying to build and uh, trying to educate our our audience so yeah so thank you for being with us um so tell us a little bit about your background right you know so obviously you work with credit suisse which is a you know you know it's a traditional institution also i'm sure they were interested in blockchain and you got then you got directly to coinbase right so um maybe tell us a little bit how did it happen what made you be interested in blockchain first and
0: yeah so start with my background in general was I was always very um interested and passionate about cybersecurity first and foremost since I was like eleven or twelve. Um and that kind of just lent itself to have a natural inclination to like crypto because of cryptography. That was a subject I was pretty interested in in cybersecurity. And once I learned about crypto, around 2012 was I got really interested by the cryptography part of it, and having a background in that from cybersecurity, kind of just naturally lent itself to be interested in crypto. Um, so I got into crypto in 2012, uh, mining Bitcoin first, and then I switched to alternative. Cryptocurrencies like Ethereum and Litecoin. And I mm-hmm. mined up until about 2015, 2016. And that was a lot of fun. That was really cool. And I liked it all. Yeah. And I, you know, started with that, started just mining. And then I got more and more into, you know, the culture of it. It's just everything was just a natural progression. Um, I joined Credit Suisse doing cybersecurity for them originally. And I then transferred to data engineering. And around that same time, I joined their blockchain team. They have a digital assets team. And so there I did some work with a few of the projects they were doing. It was mainly enterprise blockchain projects. So, you know, how they could use enterprise blockchain solutions for their bank. Um, one of the main things was Corda, There's a digital ledger called r3 quarter that we used a lot that was fun but i found that that wasn't enough in terms of um wanting to work on like crypto projects Mm -hmm. you know massive investment bank they while they're interested in blockchain they like still you know they didn't have the same i guess you could say like risk profile as somewhere like coinbase does so Mm -hmm then i ended up going to coinbase joining their listings team um which is pretty cool and now i'm there
1: perfect well that's a that's a very fast like and and i would say successful career path Uh, uh not everyone gets to i would say like first to the you know to the blockchain team of a bank then to the one of the top exchanges in the world so So that's impressive. So I'm sure, like, during the years of your, you know, uh, research and participation, first in mining, then in investing, and I'm sure, like, as a part of listening, you you have to do diligence a lot of projects. That's the nature of what you're doing, right? So I'm curious to ask more about, like, you know, the Web3 and gaming component, right? You know, what's... What what do you see like you know the difference between Web three and and uh, like the gaming and like from what's traditional gaming presenting to us or maybe if you want to talk about other in like specific like industry focuses that you have as a person who's looking at a lot of projects as well that's fine.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I think Web three and gaming can really work well together in a lot of ways. Um, there's a there's some other you know, blockchain or crypto specific use cases where I think they just like, there's a very natural way of like them integrating and actually working well together. And so the thing I keep seeing in all my years of crypto, the one thing I keep wanting to see is like, you know, times where you actually are using the benefits blockchain technology actually has to offer and I think a lot of times you'll see there's projects whether it be in gaming or something else where and they're trying to use blockchain for it the the fit isn't natural and it's kind of they're trying to kind of force it or they're just trying to slap it on there because you know it's the new hype thing right and like you see that in crypto itself whatever the new hype wave is you'll see a lot of companies come out and try and just force that that integration between the two. But I think with gaming specifically, there's a lot of cool things you can do, especially when it comes to NFTs. I think mm-hmm. using NFTs to offer in-game digital items can really work. And the so like thinking about like what does NFTs offer in terms of like what's that tech lend itself to and like how can you actually use the benefits of an nft right of having digital ownership and how can that be useful in games like leveraging that specific benefit in a very natural way right because right now in games you can own digital items of course you can own digital items every game has digital items but it's harder to see sometimes to see well why would i really actually need to own it or what benefits? Come from making it an NFT as opposed to just how it is, where a gaming company, you know, they have their own marketplace, and you just own that item. But outside of that market,
1: what's the utility, basically?
0: Yeah, yeah. What's the utility outside of the that its own walled-in marketplace? What's where's the utility coming from? And there's not much when I look at the current. Um, NFT and gaming space—you um, don't see a lot of it right now, and especially you don't see there's no utility in the current format, right? In the current format of gaming and owning a digital item, it's really only within that tiny niche marketplace for that game. I mean, the marketplace could be big, right? CS:GO trading marketplace is is pretty massive, but that's still only just within that ecosystem. So, if you could actually take items from one game into other games, that's now you have pretty good utility for digital ownership, right? And there's a, it kind of just already gives you a standard to use, right? The games know, okay, say it's Ethereum NFTs. The games know they can use that, or something like, who's building, trying to build that for everybody, such as IMX. IMX is trying to build be the standard for you know, games in the Web three space. Cool.
1: Yeah. So, 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 from your vantage point, as you see a lot of projects that are like you invest in equity and tokens, and you list projects. Obviously, like you know, so you have several. You have Coinbase Ventures. You have Coinbase as an exchange. We have Coinbase NFT marketplace. So all of them work separately obviously right and so you in the listen team you're more like focused as i as i understand like more on the token side of things right you know and you have to analyze projects so that like you know there's certain volume there's certain like you know utility also they're like their token but also in terms of nfts i'm curious so i'm sure you've seen uh from from your maybe venture arm, like, you know, the projects that are coming in and they might have really exciting utilities. So maybe can you, can you help us to, uh, with one or two examples that inspire you in terms of utility?
0: Um, so in terms of projects specifically and utility, like I mentioned, I think IMX is a pretty cool company um and this is just from personal views from having you know been in the industry so long watching it evolve i think imx is doing really good work in terms of right like none of this will work no no gaming companies or traditional gaming companies which i think you're going to need to be on board for it to actually get the adoption it needs right um it's it's not going to work unless they're on board, and they're not going to get on board if, like, they're. Not, I don't think I don't see any of them going to be the ones to be the standard. There's like, look at even like a marketplace that did build some form of standard for games, such as Steam. Right, Steam became the standard marketplace for a, a ton of games. Like, there's almost it's your. It'll be hard to find a game that launches that's not going to be available on Steam. Even massive games that come from companies that have their their own marketplaces too, such as Microsoft. Microsoft watches a lot of games and they have their own store and marketplace, but you'll still find that a lot of them go on Steam and Steam became like the de facto standard for a gaming marketplace, right? You want to go and find a game, you're probably going to have Steam and you're probably going to search in Steam. So I think the same thing applies here in terms of having a standard and having something that all these games can use. And I think IMX is doing a good job trying to build that and trying to be the ones that are pulling all this together. It's not Steam. Steam has already really, they've stayed far away, it seems, from crypto and gaming and morphing the two together. Like, Steam denies the use of NFTs or anything like that, or even, like, crypto-related. Like, if you're a crypto game, a Web3 game, you can't go on Steam. Steam does not like you. So they need somewhere to go and they need something that's pulling them all together under the same standard. And if you get that, I think you'll start to see as before we mentioned that, you know, these walled off garden marketplaces for in-game items, each game just individually as their own and they don't really ever interact together. I think you'll see if IMX does a good job, I think you'll start seeing a lot of games deciding to, you know, everybody else is in this marketplace and they're all using it the right way. Mm-hmm. We need to as well.
1: So, so we're talking about immutable X, right? You know, just to make sure we're on the same page, right? And that's yeah. the IMX is their token, right? So they're, the, they're the layer two solution, you know, for NFTs and they you know they're secured by Ethereum. And obviously that, they have lower gas fees. They have huge trading volumes, right? And then they i love the way, also the you know, the position—they're 100% carbon neutral, right? You know, I think that attracts a lot of people who are into this kind of, you know, more sustainability, environmental-friendly projects, which is a huge separate topic, as we know, like you know, and and concerns from people who are not in crypto. Yeah, so I, I do agree that there are a lot of opportunities, but. If we come back to the marketplace so they have their own marketplace i mean you have your own marketplace and you you raise another important challenge right right now marketplaces i mean we do have our own right so we're, let's it's a practical example we're not speaking to each other right you know so some of the assets like you know that we're listing and you're listing they're not like interchangeable or you cannot swap them they're not even like Listed as something like you know that has already traded on platform. Neither, by the way, does OpenSea Rarebell are doing that. I did an experiment. I bought something on it on a very popular. I don't want to you know, I don't want to do an advertising, but another popular marketplace, and it didn't reflect on the OpenSea as a floor price or anything before I actually listed. Because an aggregator, it it captures the metadata, but that's all. So I'm curious, in your opinion, what should happen so that there would be more like interoperability and the the, the marketplaces start talking to each other?
0: Yeah, I think, I think it'll all come down to kind of demand, right? If, if they, if they see, if somebody sees there's demand for the, like the interoperability, then it will happen. Like it, they're going to meet that demand. If the market demands it, they're going to meet it because, you know, that's what the market wants. It's going to get it. But I think that comes to the users at the end of the day, like the users have to want it. And, you know, it could be something really, really good for users, right? Like it could be, there's a lot of benefits to that, but the users might not know it at the end, the, the end user might not know, like, why would I want? this interoperability i just love this marketplace i only love OpenSea, or only love you know magic eden or i only love one of these and like why would i ever want to take my nft to another one Mm -hmm. something like that and i think that kind of shines a light on like the current state of nfts in general and like them needing utility i'm i'm pretty big on Like me personally, I'm pretty big on like I'm not too happy with the current state of NFTs in general because I think they do have a ton of really cool use cases with a lot of like, you know, utility behind them. But you're not seeing the demand from the market for it. You're seeing, you know, all you see is just a lot of communities that pop up around an NFT, a certain NFT, whether it be like Board Ape or You know, um, any of the other ones, right? There's there's tons, but until you see that demand, I don't think it will change. Um, And -hmm. it's kind of doing a disservice to NFT as a technology in general, right? Because a lot of them don't actually a lot of these NFT projects they're not utilizing what NFTs offer. They're not giving like sure you might own that NFT, but what are you actually doing with it? Not much, you know. There's why do you need why do you need to employ the technology of an NFT for what you're doing? Like most of these projects are just they offer community, and that's like the end the, the biggest utility I see from having that NFT and that community is just as a profile picture, right? You're using it as a profile picture to display like I'm part of this community. And exactly. that's like the, the central thing everybody's built it around. But the yeah, you need to start seeing, I, I don't know if it's an education thing that needs to happen um, within the market overall, but yeah, you need to start seeing more demand from people saying like, I want to have digital ownership and for like a good reason, you know, because I could, I could go make my, my profile picture, whatever I want. Right, it doesn't need to be an NFT,
1: <laughs> but I have to buy it so that there will be a demand and there will be you, you brag about the floor price and everything, etc. But yes, yeah. right, we, we, we see that the, the, the secondary market unfortunately, that it's a sad truth that 98% of the secondary market is like di- di- diminished for a reason, right? Because there's no, as you mentioned, there's no demand, there's a yep. reason for that and um. Um, Yeah, there are a lot of interesting challenges that I wanted to address, but again, I want to open the floor to our uh, listeners, right, who has already prepared some questions, right, Um, and they will ask you all the tricky questions, I'll just comment if needed. Uh, So they're coming from different places, uh, YouTube, Twitter, etc., so I'm just going to go straight into it. Uh, There's one basic one, so we can quickly uh, kill it. Uh, Dream Keys asking, do Coinbase list Web3 games on their exchange? If so, how do you guys separate the good from the bad?
0: Hmm, that's a good question. Um, do we list, I'm trying to think if we have any games that we've listed. Um, I'm not entirely sure if we have. I mean, there's no stance against it from what I know um like there's no reason the web3 game can't be listed um i just i'm not positive if we do have one i know we we've listed stuff like um GameFi 5 is listed game does kind of what we spoke about they're they're might be similar to what you're doing is yeah. an aggregator for tons and tons of web3 games right they they offer marketplaces um NFT sections, like they're just a huge aggregator for all things mm-hmm. Web3 gaming. So I do know we have the their token.
1: Yeah, I also know you listed some other, like, you know, almost like metaverse related e-commerce style, like projects like High Street as one of our portfolio companies. That's why I know for sure you listed them, right? And then, yeah, but I predominantly, from what I remember, it's layer one solutions, obviously, you know, like some, Infrastructure projects like you, I mean, I know you also obviously list like something like, uh, AMMs, uh, like Avid or like Decentralized or Sandbox obviously are there, right? You know, yeah, but yeah, those are, those are a little bit different. These, um, I think we have another interesting question, which is, uh, um, I'm personally interested in because since we're both in New York, uh, so I've seen, um, crucial. Crucible is asking, I've seen that Coinbase NFT marketplace recently partnered with New York Knicks. This is big. How can we merge the basketball culture and NFTs, especially in the U.S.?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a cool one. I mean, you can look to things like something like NBA Top Shot, right? That was pretty successful. Um, NFTs and the NBA morphing into, you know, a project. That was very cool. Um So something like that, I think, you know, people using them for some form of trading cards, right? You know, the the new form of basketball cards could be NFTs instead of, you know, uh, physical cardboard pieces. Um, And I think that's something pretty cool, right? Like, there's a lot of things that I think have kind of fallen by the wayside. People don't care as much about trading cards, I'd say. Like they still obviously a thing and they still have people that use them, but things like Mm -hmm. NBA basketball cards, I can't remember last time I've seen one, right. There's pretty much only baseball cards that you see nowadays. So I think for industries like basketball, I think it opens up kind of a revival to some of their other, um, you know, products that they used to have that might not be as popular now because, you know, just the prevalence of everybody having access to things like video games just on their phone. So like, I'm not going to trade basketball cards or play a basketball card game when I could, you know, do something on my phone digitally or play a game on my computer digitally. So I think if you, maybe if some of these games start using NFTs, you know, your trading card all of a sudden is like, if it's an NFT trading card, all of a sudden it's a lot cooler because you can actually use it, maybe in one of the games that they put out there.
1: But you'd be amazed. I actually, you know, ironic. I have a, a, a neighbor who is a professional flipper. Like he has uh, accounts in multiple marketplaces that actually trade physical cards. And now he told me, which he also was surprised, and all of them are now reviewing and hiring. Blockchain experts to transfer those cards into digital space, right? And they have huge amounts. He showed me that apparently Post Malone is a Magic the Gathering fan, and he was he was buying like fifty thousand dollars worth of cards, some rare foil. I don't know. I'm not an expert in this, but like, but this shows us that there is a certain subculture of people who are actually into it right and, and it's inevitably would be digitized as you mentioned correctly uh because you know people just want to trade it not only in on the physical level and just so much easier to trade it on digital level so yeah it's it's cool so i think the other question which is interesting i'm seen like token hunter is asking i see there is a forever Bot nft on coinbase marketplace and it's heavy price Thousand three hundred sixty four ETH. Uh, what makes this NFT collection so expensive? And for the sake of uh, uh, of this show, we're like now with the price of ETH, uh, this is equal to one point seven million dollars for this
0: Forever Bots. <laughs> um, I'm not actually specifically familiar with for, Forever Bot. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know what makes it. There could be a lot of reasons, right? I've, I don't, I don't know that one. Yeah, I mean,
1: I honestly, it was an interesting question for me too. Like, I was surprised. Like, you see, this is a, this is a fun pl- part when um, the some of the items are are so subjective. Like, for me, I looked at the collection. Like, you know, some of them, like this Forever bots, I know they're nice graphics, right? Three D, amazing. But the floor price is like zero 15 e thread and they have you know i mean it's a cool design but what makes this particular so unique i wouldn't be able to answer myself like so this is another (laughs) craze that we have in our industry where something like you know is valued just because there's a demand there's someone is ready to pay this amount of money right and that's that's about it right (laughs)
0: yeah i think that's um i think that's a good highlight too for in terms of like education overall and market And this kind of brings me back to like when I used to sell a lot of things on like eBay, right? And one of the ways I would price um, something I was selling would be to look at what somebody else might've sold it for, right? Past sales, right? One of the best ways to price it, to see what people were willing to pay in the past for it. And I think that's something that's very interesting when it comes to NFTs um, in a similar fashion, right? They have a floor price, but the floor price isn't necessarily what somebody will pay for it. So I think looking at past sales is better. The floor price can be set um, to pretty much whatever you want. It's whatever it's somebody lists at, right? It's the lowest listed price. So mm-hmm. if the lowest listed price is like a billion dollars. You know, the floor price will be technically a billion dollars, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's worth a billion dollars or that anybody in this world would pay a billion dollars for it. So I think when looking at and valuing NFTs um, just from a purely like a market perspective and what people are willing to pay for it is um, what matters. uh, The best way to see that is past sales, right? And so if it has no past sales, I don't know if, is it really worth that?
1: Mhm. Exactly. I I I would agree 100%. So this is this is another thing very important for you guys to check if you're into NFTs just make sure that if it's transferred if it's you see that there is a history and somebody actually bought it then that's the real price. So thank you for reminding us, Griffin. So there's another thing which is more related to an exchange that um, um, Loner is asking. As far as I know, Coinbase is the biggest exchange in the US. What do you guys do different? Uh, do partnerships play a big role in your future development?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, of course, partnerships play a huge role in I feel um, like any business venture, right? There, I, You'd be hard to find a business that hasn't partnered with another business of some form right or you know, maybe it's a governing body right there's always partnerships that have to happen in business so yeah i think that's crucial to the development yeah. um and you partnered yeah.
1: with someone like blackrock recently which i think is huge you know like i don't know people people understand that BlackRock is the biggest asset manager in the world right and they have like trillions or i don't remember how many trillions of dollars under management yeah. so so you're yeah. going to provide custody to them via coinbase prime as i remember right
0: yeah as far as i understand um there's going to be some form of you know custody or something something like that um, mm-hmm. i'm not super close to that side of it but yeah and then there's like somebody like Google recently, we partnered with Google for, you know, they're going to be using Coinbase as, you know, pay, pay with crypto. And like, we're plugging in to Google, which is really cool. Right. So, you know, Coinbase is, I think doing a really good job at, you know, getting some of these massive, massive, um, old, old guard companies like Google or BlackRock, you know, being their four way into crypto. Whereas before, like I said, I saw it myself working at a big investment bank before, you know, they're so scared of it. Like they they're interested in it, but they're still very, you know, hands off and they don't want to touch it because there's a lot of distrust all over the market. Right. And you see there's crypto lends itself to a lot of, you know, it's it's a it's a new landscape. Right. With little regulation you know more and more regulation is coming out but it's still a new landscape so when you have a massive industry like that that is rather unregulated there's going to be a lot of you know bad things out there and scams and that's going to turn a lot of not only people but like companies off from coming into it so i think it's pretty cool to see coinbase really being the ones that these huge companies like coinbase is the one that said like you can trust crypto like you know it's not um, all crypto can be trusted there's ways you can get into it with, yeah, um, yeah. and like actually start leveraging it in a very useful way for your business
1: oh 100 and just to remind folks who didn't know know this news uh, that coinbase with google cloud specifically like that's for the uh coinbase commerce and coinbase cloud nodes so that there will be like the custody aspect and it will be generally like propelling that the web 3 in massive form because you know i'm sure no one needs to explanation what google is and what, (laughs) what reach it has right you know and that means like we're talking about like Tremendous amount of not only institutional clients, but also retail clients who will like be able to instantly pay with crypto or receive money in crypto. Right. You know, because a lot of businesses like receive, like even the fact that people have Google Play or Google Pay right now, similar to Apple Pay, which is in two clicks of an instant you can pay for anything and it's attached to your card or bank account. Imagine that will be the same with stable coins like USDC just for the for the sake of simple example. Right. That'll be huge, and I think what you guys are doing is really truly amazing. It helps the entire industry uh, just to shape, you know, the the uh, the, the confidence uh, and the, the remove all the myth about the crypto, you know, like being just a regulated asset that you know that is viable for businesses as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's something Coinbase has done really well, I and mean, it, I'm you know, I'm glad to work here as, in terms of. It's really cool to see, like, yeah, there's a lot of, like, I feel like a lot of companies can go to institutions and work with them and get them on board if they show them, like, the business reasons as to why it's a good idea. But when it comes to, like, retail, I think Coinbase has done a really, really good job in terms of mm-hmm. demystifying a lot of crypto, right? And sh- making it easy for them to really get into it and start utilizing it. Um and even in terms of like just a pure exchange right i think in a lot of ways coinbase is offered to retail what like kind of robinhood did when it came to you know doing trading stocks or options and stuff like that mm-hmm. i think it's you know people people could always do it like right people could always go out there and get crypto People like, they could mine it, right? That's how I got into it. That's how I got some of my first crypto ever. I didn't buy it. I mined it. But, you know, that What I was also very technically inclined and always into cybersecurity and, like, you know, so I was already, like, moving around in that space. But not everybody can or wants to do it in that way. Um okay. So, to offer them that, like, you can always go and, like, you, you could write options as a retail person, but you know, or play around with them, but it was much, much harder. The barrier to entry was insane. And then Robinhood came around and made it very easy. And I think the barrier to entry to crypto was very, very high until Coinbase came around. Coinbase was one of the ones to do it best before that, you know, it was the, like, Mt. Gox was one of the biggest ones, and that was in Japan, and it was, like, super hard to yeah. if you wanted to buy any form of crypto. You had to wire a bunch of money.
1: I remember I remember yes. this and then in the same time there was BTCE which was one of the biggest like uh Eastern European and Asian uh, exchange which actually was seized by FBI later right yeah. so those <laughs> and then we also know how it ended up right so the fact that you guys are doing what we're doing right now and in the U.S. which is highly regulated like extremely regulated country and that means it's a validation it's basically helps all the other crypto companies to go there and say, listen, if they did it with Fortune 500 companies and it's working, it's actually legit. It's, you know, like, because it's two public companies. Like, you're public, they're public. So there is no... People have to understand who are listening. Like, you know, if you're a public company, you have a lot of liabilities a lot of risks a lot of like compliance issues that you have to go over before you announce anything publicly so the fact that it happened like i'm sure it went through a lot of circles of hell of (laughs) accepting on multiple levels right so so yeah um really appreciate it and um you know maybe one of the last questions you know like um that from our community um what Captain Huddle is asking, what is one what is one myth about NFTs that is extremely wrong and what, what is the real story behind it? What would be your take on this?
0: Mm-hmm. I think one myth. One of the ones I would like to, I, I would think, and this is, you know, this is pure... Pretty much just speculation, personal speculation from me. But what I think is interesting a lot is like we were talking about before is floor prices and stuff. Um, I think there's a there's a big misunderstanding of, of the value of some of the projects that are out there, right? I think a lot of these projects um, they can they can make they can artificially raise the floor price themselves if they want to. Right. It doesn't matter what marketplace they're on. I, you know, it's not the marketplace itself, but the projects themselves that go out there and they just, you know, they can raise the price themselves. It's, it'd be, it'd be one thing to try and raise the price of, say, like a pen. Right. You'd have to go out there and buy so many pens that, you know, all of a sudden people see the floor price of pens rising, right? Everybody's buying pens for like $10,000 a pop, like, but to do that, you'd have to expend so many resources. But if you're a project and you control the supply of all the NFTs, right? And then, you know, if you start out with that in mind, you can go out there and you can list them yourselves and then you can raise the floor yourself to whatever you want. And you can, have it be sold for whatever you want. And like you control that supply. So it's much, much easier to also control the active price of it. So I think that's kind of, I think that's more prevalent than people might think. I don't know this for sure, but it just, it would make a lot of sense, right? Cause that's in terms of just purely like a kind of like a market making sense. Like it's, it's amazing, right? Who wouldn't want to be able to sell their own product in this case for whatever they want, you know, make it look as valuable as they want to everybody else, you know? And once you get that kind of backdrop of price action, like going out there and, you know, telling people like we're the next coolest NFT project, but then you look kind of behind the curtain, and you look at some of the utility of these, and there's none So, I think that's I don't know, that's kind of just a problem to me in terms of NFTs in general. Um, but I think it's an interesting thing to kind of look at and kind of study.
1: Hundred percent agree. I think it's extremely important, and that's a really good advice for the people to actually research it and see. Again, coming back to your previous comment make sure you actually see somebody bought it. Like it's not just listed by the team or by like, you know, by someone else randomly minting it. Right. And then wanting to sell it for a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Because that means like you're the first person who's buying it. Right. And that means you are, you are creating the price. Right. So, which is fine. If you're into it, that's fine, but it has to be a very conscious and educated decision um and really i we try to make it kind of short and sweet you know our show so like you know really appreciate your time i hope we'll do it again um uh, again we appreciate like i think on behalf of our team and the entire community will Uh, I want to say thank you for Coinbase for doing what you're doing because it actually helps the entire industry, right? It really does. Um, So uh, thank you for joining Games Hub today. And uh, we'll be back in about two weeks uh, at uh, at 11 11 a.m. EST, 3 p.m. UTC on YouTube Live, Twitter Live, LinkedIn Live, and all the lives in the world that you can possibly watch us. (laughs) Thank you, Griffin, and have
0: a great day. Stay tuned with Games Hub, a crypto talk show by GamesPad.